welcome back to another episode uh, of Horror Cats and Witch Hats. It's Katie and Izzy. Back at it with another short. This is <laughs> going to be part two of Cecil Hotel's 30 Meow Nits of all that is sad about humanity. <laughs> Actually, there's a Cecil Hotel, which is just a... Um, uh, uh, what do we call it? Hellmouth. Yep, of Satan's... The hellmouth of Satan's anus, is that what you said? Yep, that is it. Uh, last episode, we talked about a bunch of murder suicides and a poor woman who every time you say sneeze, she sneezes. And we made it all the way through... Da -da -da, 1944. And, Katie, when you're ready, start the timer. Also, a uh, trigger warning... There is definitely sexual assault, lots more suicide, and uh, some more murder coming up. Yeah, a lot of that coming. Uh, but and, uh, Go ahead. No, you got this. I, I was, was just going to do a countdown. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, we, don't, we aren't giving a lot of details, so if those parts aren't your thing, um, hopefully we'll just preface over it and you'll be fine. Yeah. There you go. Hang on. Um, going to let her out. Do your countdown and I'll be ready. Got it. All right. The timer is ready. It is in my hand. And we got a three. And a two. And a one. It has started. 29 minutes. Okay. And 29 minutes and 55 seconds. Let's go. So starting November 1947, 35-year-old Robert Smith jumped from his seventh story window. And that is all there is about him. <laughs> Right before that, in January 15th of 1947, a woman's body was found in Lamert Park in L.A., having been mutilated, drained of blood, cut in half with surgical precision, washed, and scrubbed with a brush. The mutilation include the Glasgow, Glasgow smile and various cuts on the things and things. Who do you think this was? Well, I know who it was, but... I was going to say, but... A uh, random woman that nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows the Dahlia murders. Uh, yes, no, we're talking about the Black Dahlia. She was later identified as Elizabeth, Sh Elizabeth Short, last seen January 9th. She was 22 year two years old at the time, and she would later be made most famous by the name the Black Dahlia. Rumor has it she was at a bar at the Cecile Hotel the night of her disappearance. However, there are plenty of people that say she was never there, and people just kind of added that bit to the story over time. So, um, we don't actually know. But yeah. That's what we got. From what I can tell, there's like a string of bars or hotels where a lot of people populated on nights out. And I think people just were like, oh, yeah, she was there. Uh, but She's also totally there. because her murder was so just like gruesome and grotesque. Yes, it was everywhere. And it's still unsolved to this day. So they, another example of LAPD handiwork, uh, they, I think just were like, oh, I think a lot of people were like, oh yeah, I think I saw her there that night just to kind of like get into the story. Hmm. Also fun note, she was titled the Black Dahlia from a, like a quickie mart, kind of a gas station spot where she used to go all the time to get her cigarettes and things. They were the first ones to start calling her the Black Dahlia because she would often be wearing black when she stopped there. Um, 
Another fun fact, Rose McGowan plays Elizabeth Short in the Black Dahlia movie. Yep. Which is really dark. Yeah. Really dark. It's it's very film noir. Um, yes. <coughs> <laughs> that was a lot of noises. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I got to keep my phone up so I can keep the timer on. And then I'm like, my phone goes off. Anyways. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, that was, we only included that just to say that she is often included in stories of Cecil Hotel and the ugliness that it is, but she is honestly never actually been like confirmed or yeah. anything of that sort. Not really related. Yeah. So January twelfth, nineteen fifty, a couple years later, uh don't go to the Cecil Hotel in January. So we're never gonna celebrate my birthday at the Cecil Hotel because that's also the same day that Elizabeth or that Elisa Lamb went missing. Also, Just so you know, yeah, January is an ugly time. Don't be named Dorothy. Yep. Um, genuinely, just maybe don't go there if yeah, you have so, so. the option. Don't. Yeah. So, January twelfth, nineteen fifty, a twenty-seven day nationwide manhunt ended with the LAPD busting into the room of J.S. Royster. Turns out his real name was Raymond Hare. That's unfortunate. He was a twenty-four. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I thought the same he was, thing. He was a 24-year-old Wake Forest college student in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's mm. close to you. Raleigh. But right, you, right. you right. wouldn't know that because you don't live here. So that's You're okay. Right. I let it go. He was, wanting for, he was wanted for killing fellow former student Roy Cobble after writing him bad, oh, bad checks following a night of gambling and poor choices. On December 14th, 1949, he shot Cobble in the head and then, genius that uh, that he was, you know, crashed his car on campus with the, with the body still in the car. This guy's a great college student. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what... I, I think he had... I don't know if he was drunk because um, they had been drinking, but that... I, yeah. Um, poor choices all around. He, he was able to escape with forged documents to Cecile Hotel, and then he was charged with second-degree murder, but ended up serving only five years of his 25-year sentence for being a dick. Yeah. And murdering people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read that he got out and, like, changed his name or something. Um, That's not surprising. But, yeah. All right. Happy birthday to, or I'm not a Merry Christmas. I don't know why I said happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Not a happy Christmas for the Kobo family. That was. Nope. Nope. That was sad. Uh, But uh, a bright side. um, Nothing bad happened that is notable until 1954. So. So four years later. (laughs) Yeah. Almost a solid round number. On October 22nd, 1954, Margaret Brown checked in and then checked out one week later by way of the seven-story window. Oh, that's not a good way to go. And you'd think after, like, 20 years or so of jumpers, they would, like, glue the window shut or put a sign up that's like, please just don't or something. Maybe make the windows only open an inch and a half so nobody can get out of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it turns out Margaret Brown was actually 55-year-old Helen Gurney. And the LA Times clipping had a very interesting ending where it said, 
I'm just going to skip to the end. Uh, hundreds of spectators gathered as firemen and ambulance attendees put a ladder up to the marquee and lowered the body. Oh, yeah, she landed, not on the ground. Uh, shortly she afterward... landed on the ceiling of another roof, or the roof of another building. Uh, shortly afterward, police were called to the lobby of Philharmonic Auditorium to aid a man... I have to move this up, sorry. Uh, who seemed to be hysterical, and they said he told them he had been unnerved by witnessing the woman's death. He was Melvin Hinckley, 28, of blank blank street, and he identified himself as a ministry student. Hinckley was taken to General Hospital for observation. So they were like, this poor woman dove to her death. Uh, and then they ended it with, this guy saw it and was just so sad. Um he had to go to the hospital <laughs> it was just so sad he was just like I can't handle what I just saw a uh, few, few years later after that uh, February 11th 1962 Julia Francis Sloan Moore jumped from the 8th story window it's, that's about all you get on that one you, there's not any more details and um, uh, yep <clears throat> Uh, you can read this one and then I'll read the one after that. Okay. On October 12th, 1962, 27-year-old Pauline Oten, 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 <laughs> jumps from, <laughs> either or, uh, jumps from her ninth story window after arguing with her husband. Unfortunately, her jump would also lead to the death of George Gianni. Gianni. Yeah, okay. There's there's an N-I-N-I -I in there. Uh, who was it's George Giannini. Gianni, all right, I gotta get the, I gotta get the hand right. That's okay. Um, he was taking a stroll beneath her window at the worst possible time. This is literally the iconic saying of "bad place, bad time." Yep, like wrong place, wrong time. Um, he was fifty-five year, five years old, and was killed on impact. Originally, police assumed they had jumped together, but then saw his hands in his pockets and shoes still on, and determined that he had just really shitty luck, which it sounds like it. Yeah, just like that's one of those like butterfly effect things where it's like, yeah, think if he had taken like half a step shorter than he normally does. Stop to tie um, his shoe. Maybe pick up a rose for his wife. I don't know. Like, yeah, just damn. any any tiny thing could have prevented that, which blows my mind. Mm -hmm. But another heart wrencher and not a happy story. Uh, on June 4th, 1964, Goldie Osgood was out at the park, as she did most every day, feeding the local pigeons, which got her the friendly name Pigeon Goldie. It's literally going to say she's the pigeon lady. Okay. Yeah. From what I can tell, she was a genuinely just, like, sweet, awesome lady. Mm -hmm. She was either 79 or 65 years old, depending on where you look. When she went home wearing her favorite Dodgers cap, she was, like, known for wearing that. Uh, she was living at the time in the Cecil Hotel, and within mm -hmm. the hour, because people were like, I literally just saw her go into her room, she was found dead by the guy who hands out yellow pages to all the rooms. Hmm. For those young people out there, a yellow pages <laughs> is a book <laughs> of this. every person who lived in your state, city, area, whatever, uh -oh. and their Man. phone number. <laughs> so you could like... I didn't think we'd alphabetically look up someone's phone number <laughs> i didn't think that we'd ever have to explain that and thinking about that yeah of course we do god damn it <laughs> uh she had been strangled with a hand towel 
obsessively beaten and then sexually assaulted presumably by someone who was lying in wait for her and the only reason they think that is because it had happened so damn quickly a man named Jacques Ellinger age 29 was arrested that day as a suspect when he was found wandering the streets nearby with blood all over his clothes all Hmm. I can find is that he was released and people think it's just because they didn't have enough evidence I don't know if like genetic blood typing samples was the thing i don't know uh we were not around back at that at that time (laughs) um but uh yeah also lapd a medical examiner thought goldie's murder was related to another woman's murder named viva brown who was 50 years old she was staying at a hotel also located in the area when she got killed in a very similar manner. Um, and I think by that they mean the hand towel choking, she was beaten, and I don't know if she was sexually assaulted or not. Additionally, there was another woman who was known for feeding birds daily at a different park than Goldie, and she was stabbed to death. Oh, so this person just doesn't like people feeding birds. <laughs> He's one of those people that thinks birds are fake. He was like, don't feed those bird rats. God damn it. And Goldie's death to this day is still unsolved. Her friends kept her memory alive by planting a bunch of flowers at the park that she would frequent. Cute. That's sweet. Um, I think people, because of the notoriety of the Cecil Hotel and all of these stories, still go to that park and like leave flowers in the popular square or something like that. Um, yes. Like a thing for her. Um, On December 16th, 1975, fresh off the Greyhound bus from Bakersfield, California, Allison Lowell checked into the Cecil Hotel in room 327, and on December 20th, she she too chose to expedite checkout from the 12th floor window this time. Uh, Turns out she was using an alias. To this day, her identify is still unknown. The Jane Doe Network, or the Doe Network says she is estimated to be about 20 to 30 years old. Under distinguishable marks, they noticed scars on both wrists and that she had died of blunt force trauma from an accidental or suicidal fall. The scars on both wrists. That sounds pretty suicidal to me. Yeah. Uh, If you've never looked at the donut work, it's a very sad sight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it's there for a good purpose. There are 4,400 approximately... 4,400 found bodies each year that go unidentified. They don't that's know. amazing. Yeah, that's so sad. Especially, like, in this day. I get back then, but this yeah. day and age, it would be incredibly hard not to be identified. Because you would think. Everything. There's a trail for everything now. Uh, the mm-hmm. Doe Network is a 100% volunteer organization devoted to assisting investigating agencies and bringing closure to national and international cold cases concerning these missing and identified persons. I didn't know it was volunteer-based. That's wild. Hmm. Uh, The mission statement for this organization says, it is our mission to give the nameless back their names and return the missing to their families. They are currently accepting donations. So... Those donations go toward financing their IT upgrades that they need, facial reconstructions that their volunteers do, stuff like that. So if you have extra money and you're looking for somewhere to put it, 
that's a space. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, now that we've made it through the uh, <clears throat> 70s, the we 80s made were a very dark the time. Wilderness. The 80s were a very dark time in California. If you don't know about this, this is when the Night Stalker was around, killing many people. People were scared. Well, Who is the Night Stalker? If you don't know who the Night Stalker is, let me just fucking tell you. He is a waste of cheekbones. He... <laughs> <laughs> Thank yes. you, Morgan, for that. Um, he, it tr it's true, though. He really was. Like, If he had been like a genuinely nice guy, he probably would have been fairly good looking and not a meth addict. But this brings us to the 1980s when Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, spent his time living at the Cecil Hotel. Um... He is known for killing at least 13 people, five other attempted murders, and 11 sexual assaults, including a young boy. And I'm pretty uh, sure those 13 murders are only the ones they could pin on him officially. I'm sure there's suspected more. There are. Right? Okay. Um, well, there is a lot to know and talk about with Richard Ramirez and his reign of terror, go watch his Netflix special. It's literally called The Night Stalker. It's actually very detailed, intriguing. Um, I know way too much about Richard Ramirez than I should, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, Every true crime podcast or blog worth yep. a hoot has done it as well. So, Bits is pretty great, too. I really like theirs. But So, apparently, a lot of uh, his situations, because he lived at the Cecil Hotel while he was um, doing all this fun and great things. Um, you know, like killing people and being an asshole. But apparently he would throw away his bloody clothes into the Cecil dumpsters and walk around the halls completely naked or in his whiteies. And uh, apparently this wasn't too shocking to anybody because there were so many homeless and homeless people and drug addicts just laying around on the street and dying on the streets and around the hotel that people kind of didn't blink an eye about it. Yeah, they were just like, well, there's a naked guy walking around. He, <clears throat> he was followed by Jack... Untweger, who lived in the hotel in 1991, and he was known for strangling sex workers with their own bras. Uh, apparently, he was a reporter from Austria writing a story about crime in L.A. for the Austrian magazine. He had killed six sex workers in Austria, I think three in L.A., and then fled to Miami where he got captured in 1992. Because dark fucking people live here. So his story is fucking wild. So it turns mm -hmm. out that he shouldn't have even been out in the world able to murder these people in L.A. Because at age 24, he was arrested in Austria for strangling an 18-year-old with her bra and whatever. That's like his signature. And was given life in prison. And during that time, he wrote an autobiography, which in turn became a movie. And because people are fucking stupid, they were like, we like this guy. Look at his story. And they lobbied for him to get released. They did after he served 15 years. And literally within the year is when he went to L.A. and started murdering people. What a nice fucking guy. Guy, just a good job. Good but fucking job. Also, known that he is a strangling murderer, uh, the newspaper was like, yeah, you sound like a great person to report on crime. <laughs> like, First-hand experience, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine what his resume would be like to get that job. But also... Body counts like 17. <laughs> also, he... I mean, at that time, it was only one. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, you're right. 
Um, I think it was only one, or at least that's the one that he got pinned for right. originally. Right. But also, I imagine that his autobiography was very much like, I am the victim, poor me, look at what they did to me. I shouldn't have been like this. You pushed it, me this way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in June 1994, an Austrian court convicted Unterweger of 11 murders and sentenced him to life with no chance of parole. That night, he killed himself in his cell and... Mm. Um, it's been noted to be kind of like a poetic twist because he tied the ligature around his neck the same way that he murdered sex workers in Los Angeles and Vienna. Hmm. And then it says the guy who like is famous for knowing him the most said that was quote his confession. <laughs> I strangled them like this. I'm strangling myself like this. There you go. I'm imagining they probably kept like that specific piece under wraps um oh, i'm sure so that they could you know pin it on people but yeah also like way to go austrian police for being like whoa these murders that happened way over on the other side of the world are very similar to the ones that happened here and so obviously these are the same people yep in september on september 1st 1992 an unidentified man was found uh behind the hotel um, all that was found on him or uh, about him is said, something that says he may have fallen, jumped, or have been pushed off the 15th floor. He was approximately 20 to 30 years old. That's all the information that was ever given. I don't know his Doe Network Association either. For that first one, people have linked it to her specific Doe thing. For this one, he mm -hmm. has not. I don't think I put it in here for a reason but he was a black man so i'm wondering if that had something to do with it nobody going into detail yes um in 2007 it the cecil hotel was sold and in 2011 they attempted to rebrand itself by labeling itself stay on main hotel and hostel and, and then, of course, we get to 2013. Do you know what happened in 2013 at the Cecil Hotel? Um, let's see. I did not visit it in 2013. That's what happened. Okay, cool. Well, um, who did visit was Elisa Lamb, who mysteriously in 2013 went missing. She decided to travel there alone, and she went missing, which... We covered in our last episode of Dark Water because there are a lot of similarities in that, which was very odd. And in case you didn't listen to that episode, she's not missing. They found her in the yeah, water she, tower. She, she died. Dead. She, she, yeah, she was found in the water water tower 19 days later. And then but she went missing on my birthday, aka she died on my birthday. So you know, there's that. <laughs> in 2015, a man committed suicide. No details. That's all I got. In 2014, the property was sold to New York City Hotelier. Sounds like a fancy word. All right. Yeah. Richard Board for $30 million. Then in 2016, Simon Barron Development acquired it as the owner and developer. They closed it down for renovations in 2017 after it was declared a historic cultural monument. Yeah, with all the murders and the death and uh, the blood-stained walls and all that great stuff that's in there. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And... <laughs> 2020, the Ghost Adventures did oh, a yep. Cecil Hotel episode. Have you seen it? Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, is it any good? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's Ghost Adventures. It's, it's Ghost Adventures. Sums it up. Gotcha. Uh, it's, it's Zach. It's Zach Baggins going. Did you hear that? And then he freaks out. Um, and then they say, "Hear this!" And it goes. And then they and they're sh- like, "It said this." And then they show a picture, like a negative picture, and they draw in a person in lines. And I'm like, that doesn't look anything like the and stick like, figure. Richard Ramirez is sleeping on the bed right next to us. Let's see. Let's 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 talk to him. But that's the guy that bought the Lizzie Borden house, isn't it? Uh, the Richard board? Or, oh, oh, uh, Zach Baggins. Yeah, 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 that fucker. I would love to know what that, what Lizzie Borden's house looks like, and I want, I want to go there. I know that's so dark, but I want to go there so bad. I mean, it was a tourist it's a museum, spot. if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's somebody else's house. It's not like the Conjuring no. house, so. No, no, it's there. Uh, the... That episode in particular is streaming on Discovery Plus. Um, you have to pay for that. I don't have that. Didn't watch it. Uh, but mm-hmm. of course, they did decide that this building was definitely harboring some bed juju. No shit, Sherlock. Well, I have to think about that. And then there is a content creator named Pete Monsingo. I think is how you pronounce his name. I have only ever seen him on like some random TikToks that show up on my Facebook feed, I guess. Um he is a redhead tall lovely he moved in across the street from the abandoned hotel and i guess he did not know what it was when he moved in across the street from it and uh, so he started making videos of potential haunting happenings and then in 2021 was finally allowed to go into the hotel while they were shut down he said that guards working there said they got creepy vibes and from the upper floors and i was like well no shit they're gonna say that um yeah, that was it. He got a lot of content from being like, oh, look, the f- the thing fluttered in the window across the street. And then on December 14, 2021, Cecil Hotel Apartments opened. These 600 units range between 160 and 175 square feet, and the common areas include bathrooms and kitchens, which is similar to the hotel's earlier days of when everyone was like a community, it's like a dorm room situation. It also offers guarded entry and case management services on site. The rooms are exclusively available to rent by low-income Los Angelinos who earn between 30% and 60% of the area's median income, with rent ranging from 900 to 1200 a month. Tenants can use Section 8 housing vouchers to help pay. So they took this haunted, upsetting hotel, basically, or what had the reputation of being haunted and upsetting, and turned it into low-income housing, uh, which is really cool. Uh, And then they, last I read, they had, like, boarded up the windows, although people are still living there, and there's still space for people to move in, but they had boarded the windows. And I don't know if that was to keep prying eyes out, because it is... Yeah. It's such a big topic now, especially with everybody that's done something on it, whether it's the 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 Cessa Hotel documentaries, uh, or American Horror Story, which is all based off of that. It's yeah, it's very well known and very popularized now. Um, so I think they were just trying to keep their tenants, gives them some privacy, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean, at the same time, you're moving into a fucking haunting, like a straight up hotel that was. Well known for very dark things, like a, 
you're kind of asking for that one a little bit, I think. And if you Google, like, where did the most murders take place or, like, the most haunted hotel or whatever, whether it is or it isn't, the Cecil Hotel comes up before any other so, ones. So Every time. Yep. And these are just the things that we have come across that everybody has documented throughout these many revivals of the Cecil Hotel history. Uh, and these were just a touch on the things. These weren't like deep details or else we could have gone in for hours on Richard Ramirez or things like that. These are just little details. And that's not even all the deaths, suicides, or murders oh. that have happened. Uh, in no. the Netflix crime scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, the manager mm -hmm. at the time, Amy Price, said that between 2007 and 2017, she thinks there were 80 deaths during the time that she worked there. Yeah. Well, whether that's true or not... Uh, but still. at one point, I feel like they'd probably have like something in the fucking like break room that's like a tally of like how many fucking deaths happened. <laughs> I know that's so fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, instead of like workplaces where they're like, we've gone zero days without injuries <laughs> or like without a work incident, it's, it's just zero days without suicides or deaths. <laughs> yep. Fuck. But that's so dark and funny. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It's got a dark history. It's a very well-known dark history at this point, too, especially with Elisa Lamb and everything like that. So. And it keeps getting brought up. So yep. it's going to be that way. If you want to know more, uh, basically just Google it. But also there's podcasts. Uh, the shorts. Miniseries. The Horror at the Cecil Hotel is a TV miniseries that came out in 2017. It is on Amazon if you want to pay for it. Ghost Adventures that we talked about, that's probably not historically accurate, but if you just want no. to laugh, go look at that. Yep. The Netflix miniseries. Which is pretty good. I've watched that one. There's actually a couple, I think. So the miniseries, Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, a lot of people have a lot of issues with that. Um, yeah. If you want to know what issues they have, go read it. Or go look it up on the line. Uh, yeah. For books that I did not read because I didn't want to pay for them, there was Gone at Midnight, The Mysterious Death of Elisa Lamb. They go more into the history of the place as well by Jake Anderson. And there was another one that I think touched on the Cecil Hotel, but it wasn't... Um, I don't know how accurate it was or if it was actually like a fictitious or nonfiction book. I didn't Got look it. that further. Uh, we will post the sources of the articles where we found yeah. these info list details on our episode description. Otherwise, our next short... Oh, how much time do we have left? The end. We got nine seconds. Woo! We made it in an hour <laughs> total. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if my woo was really loud. <laughs> and there it goes. The, the timer is going oh, off now. I heard that one. We need to come up with, like, a fun charm timer to use. Uh, but, yeah, welcome to our second installment of 30 Meowness of Fuck That, because fuck staying there. Um, Dude, but in reality, like, I would not say... I love these horror kind of things. That's cool. I would never stay at the Cecil Hotel. Not with all the shit that's happened there. No way. I meant to look, but the movie 1408 with John Cusack... Yes. Does that related to the Cecil Hotel? 
Because it I has. I don't think so. I think That's, it it's has a Stephen King movie, but. 14 floors. And it's about people committing suicides in a hotel. So. Hmm. Just saying. Um, while she does that, as we did in the last episode, this episode also had a lot of suicide conversations. So if that is something that you experience in your life, there is help available. Uh, you can call the Suicide Hotline or the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's available 24 hours. They do have English and Spanish speaking available. 800-273-8255. They also have a chat option available if like being on the phone is not for you, which most of us prefer to text anyway, so you could always try that. And we will, again, include it in the notes. Yeah. Our next short is going to be about Japanese ghost lore. And whether that will be one to nine parts, who knows? Depends on what I find and how I feel. Our next movie, Haunting at Connecticut 2, comes out Memorial Day weekend. And that also has some true crimey ties, which is fun. If you want to make a recommendation or a request, please send it to our email, send us a DM, message it, post it, whatever you want to do. Just tag us, comment, send us a... Underscore cats, underscore word chats, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. Send us a general vibe, telekinetically put it in my head, whatever you yeah. want to do. Yeah. Uh, by the way, really fast, 1408 is inspired according to Stephen King himself. It is conjured up by the Hotel del Car Coronado in Coronado, California. So it is, it's based in a, uh, from a California hotel, but not the Cecil, Ho Cecil Hotel. So Cecil Hotel adjacent. Yes. And um, as Katie was splitting out earlier, our Instagram yep. and Facebook that you can comment, DM like subscribe share with your friends all the jazz is underscore cats underscore witch hats i just by the, i'm gonna interject really quick uh the last episode i was wondering why when because we had swapped roles where i was saying that you all of a sudden were like underscore witch hats and i was like why the fuck did you just randomly say that and then when i was listening back for editing i didn't say it i said or underscore cats and then i just kept talking and you were like <laughs> underscore witch hats <laughs> there's an end piece to that one <laughs> so cool. i got you i got you good times i'm a mess uh our gmail uh gmail horror cats witch hats at gmail.com all one word you can send pictures of your cats videos all sorts of fun stuff we made it in nine seconds and then took up five more minutes so i hope you all have a most a better day than anyone who has ever stayed at the Cecil Hotel. Stay at the Cecil Hotel, basically, is what the gist is at right now. Yeah, don't go there in January. Don't go there at all because people live there. But yeah, no, don't be don't don't be named Dorothy and go there either. Okay. Hope you enjoyed your thirty minutes. Meow nits. Meow. Meow.